up, all you hungry people? Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show, I got to sit down and talk to Tony Sanders, who has really inspired me personally since I started following his journey on Instagram a couple months ago. The man's lost 220 pounds. He has literally completely changed his life. He was super focused on uh, business and financial success um, until you know he had an accident and just realized that he was his health was getting away from him. So he quit his job and started focusing completely on his health and just you know becoming a better person in general. There's a lot of great stuff in this episode. We talked about self-reflection, becoming a better person, setting goals, all sorts of good stuff. I think you guys are really going to like this episode. Be sure to head over to our Instagram, give that a follow so you can stay up to date on all the content. But without further ado, here it is, Tony Sanders. Tony, what's up, man? Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Doing great. Awesome. I'm happy to uh, finally get you on the show, man. I started following you on uh, Instagram and like following your journey a couple months ago. And dude, it's super inspiring. You've, uh, you've managed to get yourself super jacked. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey. And, uh, and uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of people that have been uh, great to reach out and kind of share their stories with me. It helps motivate me and keep me going. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I'm glad that um, you did this today because I'm sure there will be definitely some people who are uh, inspired by your journey. And uh, it's awesome that you're willing to share it. So with that said, you want to go ahead and give like the audience a little bit um, of background about yourself and uh, just, you know, like a little bit of your journey. Sure. Let's uh, let's try to see if I can keep this somewhat short and simplified. Um, uh, I'm 44, just turned 44. Um, I have always struggled uh, with weight for the most part. Uh, food was kind of an addiction for me. So I was that guy that yo-yo high and low. Um, but I, for over a 17 year period of time, I was, uh, I was in, um, uh, the car business and worked, uh, exorbitant hours, um, you know, gained, did that, gained that 10 pounds a year for 17 years. And one day I turned around and realized that, uh, you know, I was, I literally was 430 pounds and, uh, I was 40 years old and had a little epiphany and. Uh, we can get into more of that later, but realized I had to do something if I wanted to uh, stay around, see my kids get older, see my family, and actually start enjoying life. Um, so for me, uh, my journey's been essentially almost four years now. It's uh, It's been probably a, just a couple months short of four years to be that. I've lost uh, 220 pounds so far. Um, wow. Yeah, so and as of this morning, I, I think I'm around 210, so... Yeah, about 220. So that's kind of the, uh, you know, I, I've had the same struggles that a lot of people probably listening to this uh, today have had. I've always been that guy that was always a little heavy, but then then over a period of time, it just, it got out of control until one day I looked down the scale and literally 430 pounds. Yeah. How many people like you think, you know, are getting that cycle of like 10 pounds a year is almost on a day-to-day basis is almost like not noticeable right? Like you don't even notice that gain over the course of a year, unless you're like um, paying attention to it and being consistent with weighing yourself and all those different things. I think a lot of people fall into that same kind of cycle. Yeah, it, it was that it was exactly that for me. 
Um, you know, I was always that guy that was, you know, 230, you know, 240 pounds. And so I, I was, I was out of shape, but it wasn't, it wasn't what we were talking about. And then all of a sudden you, you let all the, the stuff of life creep up on you, all the daily, the kids, the jobs, all the excuses in the world that we make. And, uh, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'll get started on next month. Oh, I'll get started on next month, you know, and, and it never happens. And then next thing you literally know, um, all those years, that 10 pounds a year that you don't see coming. It's just one day you wake up and you look at the scale and you go, where did it come from? Yep. So what were your, um, I guess like eating habits like then? Um, so were you, I think you said earlier, you were kind of addicted to food. Um, Mm -hmm. what were your eating habits like? Like, I guess, how did you gain those 10 pounds of a year? Sure. Um, well, for me, when, once I got, um, I was in the industry and for the first few years I, I did, I was still busy as far as moving around. I was, I was um, um, still active and stuff like that. And then as I moved up the ranks and got higher, you less movement, more eating out, more ordering out. Um, you know, in the morning, you'd stop by on your way to work and pick up McDonald's for breakfast. Um, then you get to work and there'd be, you know, donuts and pastries and all that kind of stuff. If you could think of it being processed, if you could think of it being takeout, fast food, um, just packed with sugar, you know, all the things that you could think of, that was it. It was, it was pizza. It was burgers. It was fast food. It was, um, you know, all of those things packed into one, the soda, you know, all the sugar from all that. Um, and then probably my biggest detriment, I, w- I would say, was uh, and it, one that even a lot of people that, you know, talk about wanting to get fit and, you know, wanting to lose weight that they still do is the drinking aspect. Um, you know, mm-hmm. alcohol played a huge factor in probably my weight gain over the last five to seven years of that part of my life. Um, so, you know, it was you don't take into account you know, those drinks that you have and the, yep. the sugar and everything else. And also the fact that typically when you drink, what do you do? You eat, um, you know, so for me, it was all anything that you could think of that was bad. I did. Yeah. And plus that drinking makes you feel terrible. <laughs> so I wow. went to, a, I went to a wedding last night and had some beers and just like, you just feel, I hadn't had any alcohol in like five weeks and you just like feel so bloated and like, it just like doesn't sit well with you. Yeah, it's been it's been almost three and a half years for me now. Good so, for you, man. The, the day that I finally decided that I was really going to to do this, um, that was the day that I had my last drink because I was like, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a good I'm not a good guy to have one or two or five beers. It's like, okay, we're gonna have fifteen. Um, that's what we're going to do. So yeah, for me, it was, it was literally that to to get healthy, but I was also at a point where it it was a life or death thing. You know, I'm five foot eight on a good day. And Mm -hmm. when, when you're five, eight and four 30 and you got a 66 inch waist, you know, you got to do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Four 30 is definitely a little different on that frame as opposed to someone who might be six, five or, or something (laughs) like that. Um, so what so 220 pounds i think is what you said you lost right yeah that's an astronomical number so there had to be um something that sparked that change um that you know set your journey off yeah well um you know we talk about uh and and this may not be as as important but to understand where my journey was 
um, to make make that connection. Other people can do it too. Um, I, I consider food for me an addiction. It was an addiction, mm-hmm. uh, and I also had uh, probably an addiction to to alcohol also. Um, so I was compounding bad choices with food and with alcohol. Um, I literally what ended up happening for my my wake up call um, is I was in a horrible accident where I ended up uh, at about a hundred and I know everybody's going to say, well, that's stupid. And it is, but for full transparency, um, I was going about 120 miles an hour on the turnpike um, and ran my car into a center median. Um, Essentially I walked away with a completely shattered knee, no ACL, no MCL, no PCL, both my meniscus and gone all that kind of stuff. But Didn't hit anybody else. Single car accident. Um, I was swerving to go around another vehicle, completely lost control. Um, so thank, thank God for that. That's when I ended up realizing how heavy I was. I ended up going into orthopedic surgeon, um, got on a scale, saw that. He literally comes and says, yes, you, you need a complete reconstruction of your knee, but you're too much of a health risk for us to do that. Your weight's too high. Your blood pressure is astronomical. You are a ticking time bomb. Uh, There's no other way to tell you this. You're a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. Um, So you would think that would be enough to go, okay, you know, get your stuff together, um, make a lifestyle change and get it all figured out. Well, for me, that got me thinking. Now, here I am now sitting at home um, because I can't work at the time because I can't walk. I can't move. can't do anything. So I got to take a few weeks off and just continues to spiral further. So the drinking gets even more, the eating gets even more. And I finally come to the conclusion, okay, you gotta lose weight at least. So I begin to lose weight, Um, I begin to do those sorts of things, but I'm still drinking at this this point, just to numb the pain to get it to go away. Um, You know, it was another one of my addictions at the point. So uh, finally, um, about six months after that, I literally, I'm not sure what epiphany I can, well, I can kind of tell you, I went to a wedding, um, for a very good friend of mine, um, was having a good time. Absolutely just drank way too much. Woke up the next day, felt embarrassed about who I was, literally looked myself in the mirror and said, this is it. You're going to change your life. I no longer like the person that I saw um, from a physical standpoint, but also I think more that's what's more important to the people that are listening to this today. It's, it's who you are inside because until you come to terms with who you are, until you can truly be honest with you and stop making excuses about your good points and your bad points. uh, And that's what I finally did. I finally said, here's the things that you're good at and here's all the things that you're not. And you got to start changing them. And that epiphany, I was lucky enough that I had, I had it. Um, and that was the last day that was May 21st, 2017, last day I had a drink. And that was the day I got serious about getting my health back together. So it it was, it was kind of a car accident and then just some, uh, an embarrassing moment of my, of my life at, at my best friend's wedding that finally goes, you know what? I don't like who I am as a person anymore. What I really find is interesting is a lot of people have these defining moments where it like sets their journey off, but it can go one of two ways. Right. So like it can go, uh, 
the way that you made it go and that you took it as a challenge, you changed your life or people go down a bad road, you know, they continue to get bigger, they continue to drink more. And that's whenever I feel like those are like pivotal, pivotal points in your life where it's either going to go really good or really bad. And yeah, it always like, it always makes me think like, um, you know, what made you go that good direction? Like, was there, you know, you were just drawn to it, I guess. Right. Um, you know, I think it gets back to that, that factor of being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, it really does. It's so, I, I truly believe the hardest thing in the world to do is sit down with yourself and admit that, you know, you might not be a good father. You might not be a good spouse. You, you, you might have this addiction or that addiction and it's all okay because guess what? There is absolutely nothing that you can do about yesterday. We're not going to change it. We're not going to fix yesterday. It's done. It's gone. It's finished. Today's the day that you can be honest with yourself. Today's the day that you can start fixing those things, but you can't fix anything until you admit it. You say it out loud and you truly embrace the fact of who you are or who you've been. So I think there's so many people that when they choose to go the other route, it's just because they haven't got to a point where they can admit who they are yet. Um, you know, I, I've known, I've known a lot of people that, you know, they might have certain things in their life, whatever it might be. And they just, maybe it's not socially acceptable. So what do they do? They go ahead and, you know, lock it back in somewhere in the back of their mind and back of their feelings. And they never tell anybody. They never tell their family, um, you know, because they're embarrassed of it. Well, that, that's just going to cause problems. You've got to be who you are, admit who you are, and, and then you can move forward. So for me, that was my defining thing. I was able to actually be honest with myself and say, you have been this, this, and this. Now, how are you going to fix it? What are you going to do to change? And for me, it was first, you've got to get healthy. I couldn't be a better father. I couldn't be a better uh, you know, spouse, I couldn't be, you know, anything to anybody else until I got both physically and mentally fixed. Yeah. That's one thing I actually talk about a lot on the show is making yourself a priority because, you know, you have to put in the work on yourself to be able to be available for those other people and for, you know, to be a good businessman and dad and all this kind of stuff. Like if you are not taking care of yourself, then you can't take care of these other things. And I think that gets like lost on a lot of people. Cause like when you talked earlier, you were saying, you know, life just overwhelms us with so many different things. And if you don't make yourself a priority, it's easy for you to get lost. Like you as a person to get lost in the whole thing of life. I completely and utterly agree. And you know what? I think so many times, and I tell people, they, they, they tell me, I don't have time with the kids and all that. No, I'm a father of two. I get it. I really do. Um, I'm a small business owner. I, I got one of the things that I did when I decided that I was going to get healthy is there was no way I was going to be able to do it inside the industry that I had been doing for 17 years. Mm-hmm. It, was impo- it was impossible. So I literally... The day after that incident, uh, I literally walked in, turned in my keys uh, to the dealership and, and walked away. Um, I mean, I did the full one, 180. I did a career change. I did everything. 
Um, so I, I'm a small business owner. I'm a father of two. I, I have all the excuses in the world, but I think people make that excuse that they have to take care of people. They have to do these things. And that comes first. Mm -hmm. it, no, no, you have to take care of you first in order to properly take care of other people. I completely agree. So one thing that, you know, I want to get more into is, so you make this um, decision, I'm going to change, you do like a complete, you know, 180 uh, or 360. Um, and then what does that look like? Like, what's your first step? And then how did it progress from there? Um, my first step was um, literally, okay, I, I decided first thing, no more books. That's it. That was one of the roots of my evils. Um, so poor decision-making ability, um, you know, poison. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's admit we're putting poison in our body. I'm 40 years old at this point. It's mm -hmm. probably, it's probably a time to get your stuff together. Um, and that, that was step number one. Step number two was, okay, you're going to have to change your careers because you're going to have to get yourself out of the environment that you're in. Because that environment, if you can't control your own environment, then, and the outside influences are controlling it, then you're going to keep getting the same results you've always got. Okay. So, um, then it was from the standpoint of, it was as simple as from food and exercise, I made small goals that I promised myself I could do that I could keep. I feel so many times that everybody wants to do everything all at once. You can't. I'm almost four years deep into this and I'm still fixing stuff that I had, I had made a list day number one that I started this. This is a list of how I, what I want to accomplish. And it's a, it's a lifelong journey. This isn't a one year, five year, 10 year plan. This is a life plan. Um, because if you look at these things, I think as diets or if you look at them as, you know, goals or whatever, they're, they're not, you, you've got to be prepared to make these changes for life. Yep. Um, so what I did was I stopped eating processed foods. I stopped going out to eat. I said, okay, I, I'm not ready for all the meal prep. I'm not ready for, you know, red meat and rice and green beans every day. But what can you do to start getting healthier? You can stop going out to eat. You can stop eating processed foods. You can start making meals at home, being healthy and do portion control. Okay. Mm -hmm. From a standpoint of food, that's what I did. Um, just to begin. Then as far as exercise, I did have a background. I, I did some competitive powerlifting for many years until, you know, I was in my, you know, late twenties and stuff like that. So I, I had a background as far as exercise was concerned. Um, but I said, what at 430 pounds and one knee can you really do? Mm -hmm. I said, you can, you can get on a treadmill and you can walk slow and you can do that for, you know, I started off at 15 minutes a day. Plus I'd go and lift some weights. Um, and I did that for four days a week, you know, four days of cardio and four days of light weights. And I just kept resetting my goals. So once I had been able to accomplish that for a set period of time and it was no longer a challenge, I reassessed, I'd set new goals. Um, I did all of that for, uh, my diet changed over time. My diet got more strict. Once I became comfortable not doing processed foods, then I went to more of macros and then I went to more of meal prep and so on and so forth. So that was a natural progression. Um, and then, but as far as the working out went, um, I probably made the most uh, significant change in the past 
11 months. I was able, and I'm lucky enough here in our, uh, I'm in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, home of the Jayhawks, by the way, just saying. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we pretend we don't have a football team, so we just wait for basketball season to come around. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so we're, we're not a big town or anything like that, but we do have a couple of IFPB pros that are here, uh, Keith and Tina Williams. Um, and they're phenomenal people. And I'm, I was lucky enough to run into them. He kept seeing me at, and I'd see him at the gym all the time. Um, you know, he would notice my weight loss and the effort that I would put in. And then finally one day I was like, you know what, we're going to see really if, if I had somebody there that's willing to invest in the coaching in me, invest yeah. in the diet with me and invest in all these things, how far can we really take this? Because I want, I, for myself, I wanted to see that. So I approached him one day and I said, Hey, I'm serious. I want to see how far I can go. He basically said to me, I'm willing to do it. I see the effort you put in. I see the work you put in. I see everything else. I think if I think that you're screwing off, I would think that you're cheating on your diet. If I think you're not getting your workouts in, then we're done. Um, it, that was 11 months ago. And basically it turned in from a coach type relationship to a best friend type thing. And, uh, and yeah, he's, he's been the defining factor over the past 11 months of what I've gotten to. That's amazing. I've also seen some pictures of him on Instagram. He is also super jacked. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what does, uh, so now are you, uh, I know you're with the coach and, uh, so are you like, um, on like a traditional, like kind of bodybuilding style diet of like, uh, rice meat vegetables that kind of stuff is that what your diet looks like now um it, it does for most part it's actually I, I don't know if a lot of people i'll make a suggestion to people um anybody listening to this if you want to truly take a look at a diet out there and once again it's not a diet it's a lifestyle change um but there's a guy called stan efferding oh, yeah. yeah stan is called the white rhino um, he is actually the, he was a professional bodybuilder. Um, he's had multiple companies that he's brought from the ground up, but he has something called the vertical diet. It is, it was life changing for me. And what I mean, life changing for me is the simplicity of it. Um, the, it, it's all about gut health. It's about simplifying your diet, being bioavailable, actually being able to use what you eat. I had all the same problems that a lot of people had had horrible heartburn um you know even when my diet was clean or i thought it was clean i had horrible heartburn i'd have a lot of bloating i'd have all these things um him and keith uh, my, my coach are very close to each other and i got the opportunity to sit down and meet stan for a day and talk to him and listen to his the the vertical diet and listen to his ideas and why it works um and and there's not enough time to get into all that today but i it it literally changed my life it's a ton of red meat um potatoes ja jasmine rice of course sourdough breads almonds greek yogurt oranges carrots it's it's a lot of stuff that you want to eat and there is there's salmon there's chicken there's all that stuff but you know you typically hear your traditional chicken rice green beans little bit of peanut butter, chicken, rice, green beans, a little bit. I mean, all the same crap. This is nothing like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's nothing like that. I've literally, I eat so much steak. I'm sick of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, so anybody that's out there and you're really, you, you've got any gut issues, you have any issues with the fact that you, you fall into the same thing. Cause 
I can tell you this, almost any coach that you go out there, they rehash the same BS over and over and over again. It, the industry is full of it. They send you the same meal plans that look like everybody else's meal plans. It's a copycat system. You have very few people with actual degrees and knowledge like Stan that know what they're doing. Um, and there's a reasoning behind it. Um, most of them are just piggybacking off of other people. Um, so I, I suggest everybody go spend the hundred dollars. And, and by the way, I don't gain kickbacks. I don't have a special code for you. Um, I don't have anything like that. I just believe in it heart and soul so much that I'd say buy the ebook, follow it along. It will change the way that you view food. Stan is a genius. I've heard him on like a bunch of podcasts. I've watched this like YouTube rhino rants. Uh, yeah. I, I met him, uh, I met him, I think it was three years ago at the Arnold, just kind of like in passing, you know, and he was super nice, super cool guy. And I've actually thought about uh, the vertical diet for myself. I do work with a coach right now, kind of weird, oddly enough, kind of the same thing um, you were talking about in that uh, I, you know, had lost a hundred plus pounds. And then I was like, I just want to see how far I can take this thing, you know, like, because I've always done it through lifting, very little cardio, anything like that. I started off kind of um, never competitive powerlifting, but that was kind of like my hobby. Um, and then so then I kind of switched to more of like a bodybuilding style training. And I found this coach that uh, works in the gym here locally. And uh, it's in the last year, I've made been able to make a lot of changes. Um, and I think it's because I have someone else that is structuring everything for me. Like I was able to lose the hundred and something pounds on my own, but it's been so nice to kind of put it on autopilot almost like the coach was like, here's what you're, here's your training. This is what you're going to eat. Like, I don't have to think about programming my own training or my meals or whatever. It's just all right there for me. Yeah. And by the way, kudos for that. That's awesome. But I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there's a reason why, and people go, well, I don't have the time. I don't have the money for it. You don't have to have a coach. Mm -hmm. um, the coach for like, for you and me, it came when we wanted to get to the next, to the next level yep. um, and see where we could really push us. Uh, you know, the thing about it is um, I, I think that having a coach and having all those things at our disposal, what that allows us to do is like you said, the, the autopilot, we can just concentrate on following through with what is in front of us. Yeah. Because, and truly that is the hardest part for me. The great part about it is, and I, I would suggest this also to anybody else, um, get somebody, it doesn't have to be a coach, get somebody to be your workout partner. You want to know why? Mm -hmm. Cause you're going to work out harder. You're going to push yourself more and you guys are going to push each other more. That was it. I always thought that I had intense workouts until I work out with him. I work out with him. We do a three day on one day off split and we, we are now workout partners. Yeah. It's not a training. We do our workouts together and we have for months and months. I thought I used to push. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I, I didn't do anything at all in comparison to the way it is. So you get yourself a workout partner, even if, you know, once again, you can't afford a coach. That's fine. That, that you don't have to have one, but get somebody there to do it with you. Even if it's not every workout, you know, if you can get somebody to go with you twice a week, that's two times a week that you're going to push a little bit harder. You know, you talk about Stan. I had a chance to do leg day with him. Yeah. Never again. Never. <laughs> I will say, I will say that we all did leg day together me and Ethan, a couple other people. And 
my lord that was that was intense i know this probably you know sounds a little crazy but one of the things that really made a significant impact on me is like i'd gotten in the groove of just like lifting and you kind of know what weights you can do and like okay i could probably do this for 10 when i started um tracking like every set and like um weights and stuff that i'd do during my exercise and then i would flip back to the previous week and see what i did and constantly trying to beat that or um you know that my strength like exploded then because people like get in that routine and i think that's one of the things about having the partner because you're always trying not just to beat what you did last week but you're competing with your partner and they're pushing you and like you know get with that one more rub one more than i did and you know um like i think that's a great tip for anybody because um it's easy to get like stagnant in your training yeah and i mean how do we truly make our muscles grow we've got to hit failure and so for me the great part about it is forced reps i mean we're, we're a big believer in forced reps um the last set or two you know if if, if you're gonna if you're going to do 12, you're really probably only going to get eight or nine by yourself. And we're going to get the last three or four as forced reps to, you know, for that hypertrophy and just, you know, push it past, past that limit. It's, it's truly the way that I think to grow. But, you know, people say, well, do you really need a coach? Look at the best of the best in the world. You know, the people that do this for competitively, the ones that are winning the Olympias or the, you know, strongman competitions or the true powerlifting competition, they all have coaches. Why? Because it's, it's, you can never be really, um, I don't even know how you want to say it. It's hard to, to be honest with yourself once again. And it takes a true coach to look at your strengths and weaknesses and realize what you really need to work on and put something there for you. So, I mean, the best of the best have coaches. So why wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, you look at like Phil Heath, however many Olympias he's won and he doesn't, I'm sure he is more than capable of programming for himself and doing his own diet because he's done it so long, but he doesn't, you know, he has a coach that, um, you know, like you're saying is it's hard to reflect on yourself and see all like your falls and it's easy to get, you know, stuck in the routine and sometimes they're not great routine. So you got to have a coach to kind of call you out on your BS, but mm -hmm. it's like the point that you made earlier is, if you just want to like live a healthier lifestyle, you might not need a coach, you know, unless, um, unless you have some really, really bad habits that you need help fixing. Um, but if you want to take it to that next level, like to optimize things, then maybe you do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for me, like, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to make connections with people and be able to share like we're doing today in my story with, you know, the, the, changing of the mind, you know, the alcohol, all the things that, that were involved in my life. And I think that we live, one of the reasons why I decided to take this to the next level was for me, but also was like, how do I get people in this day and age? I'm watching, I, my kids are 23 and 16. So what do they do? They're on their phone and scroll, scroll, scroll until something catches their eye, right? Yep. Something catches their eye, then they stop and they read. So for me, I kept thinking to myself, how do I share my story? How do I make a connection with people? How do I, because essentially if I can help a handful of people, that's really what I want to do. But how do I get these handful of people to look at me when we're in a day of age of just scrolling until something goes boom, catches my eye, now I'll read and, you know, try to figure out, you know, where the connection is. 
So for me, it was, okay, we're going to take this and get as, you know, freakishly different as we can from where I was at 430 pounds to being, and ultimately I will, my end goal is, and we'll get into that, but my end goal is I will be up on a stage next year um, at a show and I will do, I will do a show. And I want, you put those two side by side, it's kind of like a shock and awe factor. Yep. You know, people are scrolling on IG, people are scrolling on social media, and then all of a sudden they see that and go, what the hell? And they stop. And then you have a chance to make a connection with people, talk to them, and do what we're doing here today and sharing stories. Well, I mean, that's exactly what uh, happened to me whenever I saw your pictures. I mean, that's how you ended up on this show, right? Because right. just the drastic change you made. And I was like, holy shit, I got to talk to this guy. Um, but it's funny how, how similar the stories are. Cause that was kind of my idea of like pushing it to the, you know, the next step for myself was it's like one, I want to do something really hard and get in like amazing shape. Um, just as like a personal challenge to myself. And then two, also like my body and how it looks is kind of like a reflection of my story and the better that that looks and the more drastic, the more attention that's going to get and the more opportunity I have to spread my story and my success. And hopefully that's contagious and help some other people. That's exactly right. And that, and that's the way we do it. And I tell people all the time, cause I, and I do have people, they say one of the things that I've been consistent about, I have taken a picture after every single workout for the last three and a half years. Now I haven't posted everyone, but I post almost every single day because I am a believer in full transparency. People will see, I mean, I even post full skin, you know, there's pictures. I, the other day, one of the main questions I get is, okay, what about your skin? Well, here it is. I'm going to have to get it cut off. It's right there for you to see. Everything's full, full transparency. I knew, I was so clear three and a half years ago. I was so clear about where I was going to take this someday in my mind. that I said, okay, you're going to document from day number one. We're going we're gonna to document all this. We're going to document this trip because we're going to help people. You're going to get right, Tony. You're going to get right mentally, emotionally, and physically. And then through your journey, you're going to help other people get right. Because somebody somewhere, and I'm not gaining any spirituality or God or anything else for anybody listening, but I, I do feel as though I owe a certain amount. There's so many times along the way, especially with like the car accident and everything else, that I should have been done. That, that, but for some reason along the way, so this is my little way to pay back and, and say, hey, if I can reach out, share my story, we can make a connection with a few people. A few people might decide to go work out an extra time or two or maybe you know, not go to McDonald's with their kids today and instead make, make a meal with them, whatever it might be. Or somebody, I've had people that have gone, you know, I'm giving up drinking because I've got a problem, you know, yeah. whatever. If that's my ability to take a handful of people and give back to them, then then I'm complete. I mean, you're definitely inspiring people with your story. I mean, I can guarantee that. But one thing that I wanted to ask you about was, you know, the mindset that it took to get where you're at today. And, you know, kind of one thing I wanted to like point out was a lot of people see people who are overweight and automatically think like they're lazy or they're undisciplined. And even some people like will think that about themselves when they're overweight, but like your story, you're talking about, you essentially got that way because you might not have been paying attention to your personal health, but you were, you know, out there grinding 60 plus hour weeks, like very dedicated and focused to your job and being a dad, all this kind of stuff. And so, 
you know, like you obviously had that mindset of the hard work. It just like wasn't focused in the right direction. Yeah, for me, I had the wrong values. Um, I always thought if I was very good at my job, I moved up the food chain, I made a lot of money, I provided my family with the big house, the nice cars, the private school, and all of the, the things that, that I was raised to believe were important, that that was my moral obligation. So I did, I worked, I, I was a general manager. I worked six and a half days a week. Um, you know, I'd work 12 to 14 hours a day. So we're talking 70 plus hours a week for, you know, 12 years, pretty much straight. Took, took literally one vacation in all that time. Um, and uh, uh, did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. And I was, in my mind, I was a success because I provided that stability. I provide, and all it was was financial stability. Um, I was, I was a poor husband. Um, I was a pretty poor father. That doesn't mean I didn't love, but I wasn't there for the events. I wasn't there for the sporting. I, I wasn't there. I'd work every night past, you know, when the kids would go to bed, I wasn't there for meals. I wasn't, I, I just wasn't physically there because I thought from, and, and it's no, no blame on my family. It's not their fault. I just thought from the way that I was raised that the important part was being a provider, but I didn't. I didn't think about, I didn't think about the emotional provider part. Um, I didn't think about the, the support system that I needed to have. So, um, yeah, I failed on an, an extreme amount of levels. And when we talk about getting back to, you know, being honest with yourself, those are things that are hard to admit. Those are things that sit there and go, you know what? You were a bad father. You provided because most people say, no, I didn't. I wasn't. I provided for them. I did what I was supposed to do. No, that that's all the things that they would do. Um, but I was finally honest with myself and said, listen, you know, you, you didn't, you failed on all these levels. So that's what got me to, to change. But yeah, my priorities were, you talk about gaining all the weight. My priorities were skewed. I didn't take care of my health um, because all I was worried about was being successful in business. And if I was successful in business, everything else would take care of itself when the opposite was true. The business is actually what, um, you know, it, it did it ruin my marriage. Um, so, you know, and that's another story, but you know, I ultimately got divorced due to it. Um, you know, ultimately my health was at risk because of it. Now, luckily I, I have a couple of great kids, great relationships with my kids and I was able to move forward with that. It's amazing what, uh, I don't know if you've got any kids, but it's amazing how forgiving children can be. <laughs> But anyway, with that being said, uh, yeah, you, you, you lose sight of all those things when your health really has to be number one. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, your goal of getting on the stage next year. Um, what are, what are some of your goals moving forward? I know that being one. Um, you know, as far as the, um, physically that that's the goal, that's the end goal. Um, is to get on stage and being able to com compete. Um, and, and not not just being, at first it was just get on stage and compete. Now I want to be on stage and be competitive. Um, okay. you know, do, do I expect at my age to, you know, be anything special? No. But, you know, for me, it's, it's a matter of showing people this is where you can get to. But 
Um, ultimately, it's to transition um, to be able to help people. I, I want to be able to do this a lot more. I want to have platforms to, and I do, I go and speak uh, right now, um, you know, to anywhere from, you know, um, A meetings to, you know, some schools to some um, clubs to some motivational things. Um, you know, I want to do a lot more of that kind of stuff from a personal aspect. Uh, my goal is to hopefully touch, just really touch as many people as I possibly can, whether it be to help influence them to make changes, motivate them to take that first step, or just share my story with them and make them understand that they're not alone, that the struggles that they go through, the things that they are going through on a daily basis is not new to anybody. Um, you know, and if, if I can go from where I was at that, at that physical and mental and emotional low, um, that they, they, to where I am now, so can they. Yeah. And I think one like really powerful part of your story that would help a lot of people is it's kind of been the theme of this show so far, but self-reflection. So a lot of people struggle with that self-reflection. It's actually something that I have been like working on myself, like challenging myself at the end of each month, just to reflect back on the things that I did, the things I accomplished and like, am I making progress towards being a, a better person, like a better uh, husband and all these kind of things. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. And I kind of relate it to like, you know, how you, how we talked about gaining that weight slowly and not seeing it sometimes you can get those bad habits and not realize it so just just being able to sit down and reflect on yourself and just being intentional about it and understanding your weaknesses will take you a long way towards you know correcting some of those things absolutely um i, I couldn't agree more it's you 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 hit the nail on the head when you said you don't see the weight gain overnight um, you know, it adds up over years. It's the same way with that self-reflection. Um, you know, you start one or two small personal bad habits, and I'm not even talking physically bad habits, whether they be the way that you treat people emotionally, or you start to take people for granted, or, you know, um, a lot of times, and we see this more and more in society all the time, we, people are not, not empathetic uh, anymore. It's either you see things my way or the hell with you kind of, kind of society, you yeah. know, I mean, it, and it's becoming more and more predominant every single day. Um, and I, I find myself on a daily basis to stay more open-minded, to listen to other people, to try to be empathetic to, you know, just small things. I mean, when was the last time, you, you know, you walk through a door and instead of you going in and out paying any attention to what you're doing or, you know, who's around you, Hold a door open for somebody. Let somebody go first. Let that car go out in front. I mean, stupid little things. But if you do these stupid little things, it will actually help release some of that inside of you. You know, we're, we're such a society that we're so, we want to get here first or we want to do that first. It's, it's all about us. That we lose the sense of community. We lose the sense of other people. Um, we're so wrapped up in us. Um, so that's where the self-reflection, you got to go, whoa, just wait a minute. You know, am I doing what I can do on a daily basis to be a better person? And it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. A few little things here and there can really help out. A hundred percent agree, man. So with that said, I want to talk a little bit about social media. I get some like 
mixed, I guess, comments and reactions, but most of them are pretty positive in that has social media uh, helped your journey or hurt it? Um, both. Um, social media has allowed me to have a platform to help people, which is what I want to do. Um, and that's great. Now, people have to understand that if you're going to put yourself out there, and this is one of the things I get because I'm by no, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to liken myself to a celebrity or anything else like that, but I chose to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. I chose to be transparent. I chose to share my journey. I knew when I made that decision that if it ever caught on and that it was going to also be a detriment. Um, like you hear of all these athletes and stuff like that, that they always talk and this blows me away just on personal. They want the privacy, you know, you shouldn't be involved in a lot. No, you, you made a decision to put yourself out there. The day that you made a decision to sign that contract for $50 million and play, play ball for a living and, you know, go out to the red carpets and everything else that you do, you chose that life. Now, the public has, they, they have a right to a glimpse into your life. They have a right to be, to criticize you. And if you don't have thick enough skin to know who you are as a person, and be comfortable with who you are as a person, then you need more work on you. Mm-hmm. So I do get a lot of weird stuff. I get criticism. I get, you know, people telling me, you know, that um, it, it, everything that you can hear from Photoshop to fake to, you know, you're a fraud and people that have no idea that know me, but I have a thick skin. It doesn't bother me. Um, most of everything I've got has been positive. I will say this though, social media, it, it's, probably hindered it's made my circle of people that I thought was necessarily my people it's be made a lot smaller because it will bring out the worst in people social media will it can hurt relationships if you're not with people that are really comfortable with who they are and the relationships with you whether it be um, a spouse or whether it be a a friend or, or colleague or something like that it can definitely be detrimental Um, because you don't have control of what people post or people say, you know, or anything like that. You just have to roll with the punches. Um, and you, the people around you have to understand that too, and they have to be willing to roll with the punches. So, um, to make, to make it try synopsis, it's, it's been good and bad. It's definitely brought my circle closer, but it's also allowed me to, to help a lot more people than I ever thought I was going to be able to. Yeah, I like it for the fact of really kind of like two things. It One, if there's people out there who, you know, they might not live near their family or not, might not have a lot of friends or they're just an introvert, want to, you know, they, their circle's not very big. It gives them a place where they can find that support, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they can have like accountability partners that, you know, are through social media. But and then also um, – the reverse side of that is it is like being vulnerable and putting yourself out there and then getting the hate. Right. And that can turn a lot of people off to it. Um, but I mean, I think it can be overwhelmingly helpful because you can find people who are very similar to yourself and going through a very similar journey, you know? Mm -hmm. So like even knowing more about 
you know, how our situations are similar, you know, getting the coach, taking it to the next level, like, you know, that makes me want to follow your journey even more because we're going through like on a similar path, you know, so you can find people who are, who are doing it and who are kicking ass, like in the same lane that you are. And that can just continue to motivate you as long as you can deal with that hate that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, same way it's, and, and I was, I consider myself lucky enough to realize when I started to do this, I go, there's going to, there's going to be a lot of venom spewed your way just from, it doesn't matter. You can be the best person on the planet and you can have the best intentions and you're still going to have haters out there. You're going to have people that hate just because that's what they do. Um, you know, so yeah, bring it on. I, I find that part of it, honestly, half the fun. Um, it, it's more the people around me that, that care about it more than I do. Yeah. So this is kind of changing topics a little bit here, but here's a scenario for you. You don't want to get out of bed. It's a cold day. You don't want to go work out. How do you motivate yourself to do it? People don't like this answer. Um, I don't believe in motivation. Um, motivation are for people that are not dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Uh, I, and I might need, let's say I'm already in the car. I'm going to answer a question real quick. I'm already in the car. I might go ahead and put on a little CT Fletcher or something like that just to get, <laughs> just to get hyped on my way over there. Yeah. But the, that's motivation. Motivation is when you're already in the car and you're on your way there and you put on that little motivational, like I said, CT or whoever it might be, and you get yourself hyped up. That's motivation. The other thing that you're talking about to get your ass out of bed and in that car and on your way over there, it's called dedication. Um, there's a significant difference. And I tell people until you realize that you're going to have to be dedicated to this, this is your life. I treat it like it's my job. I gave up a career to get healthy. This is my job. Yes. I own a small business. Yes. That, that pays the bills, but my job is literally this. Um, it's to, I get up, um, right now at 4.30, I go do my 5 a.m. cardio, which isn't much. I'm not a believer in cardio. That's one of the things also Stan has taught me. Cardio is so overrated. Yep, um, but anyway, um, I get up. I do 5 a.m. cardio. I literally go to work from 6.30 uh, until 1. I have a meal. I work out from probably about 3 until 4.30. Then I go back to work for another two hours. Then I come home and do all the stuff I need to do. Meal prep, take care of my kids, do all the stuff that I need to do. So I still, I prioritize. I literally prioritize this is my job. I'm going to work out at this time. I'm going to do cardio at this time. This is a job. And if you don't treat it like it's a job, then you're going to screw up and you're going to skip days and you're not going to do it. But just like work. Damn it, I don't want to go in. I don't want to do today, but guess what? I got bills to pay. They're counting on me. I'm going to get fired if I don't. You got to treat it the same way. This isn't about motivation. If you need somebody to kick you in the ass to get you out of bed to do what you need to do to be a better human being, then you got some other stuff going inside, going on inside your head that you need to fix. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, you know, it's kind of how I answer that question is like, you know, I'm supposed to do, um, a workout. I'm just not feeling it or whatever. Like is, I just told myself, go to the gym, 
you know, just start doing it. And, you know, if it's, you know, I, I have to run a mile, you know, I'll go to the gym and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Okay. Just get on the treadmill and walk for, walk for five minutes. And then by the time I get there and I'm starting to walk for five minutes, I got, okay, I'm just going to run the mile, you know, yes. just use that, that discipline to get yourself there, start a workout. And then it just, it, you know, all it takes is that spark to start a fire. And so you get yourself there, get going. And the next thing you know, like you're having a great workout and, you know, sometimes it is hard to get off the couch, but you just have to, you just have to do it. You got to get up and do it. Oh, it is. I, there's nothing in this world that I hate more than cardio. Seriously. Um, and people go, well, why don't you just get up and go walking or whatever? Well, if I don't physically take myself to the gym and I don't tell myself I'm going to walk through those doors, I will never get it done. It won't happen. I, I have bad workouts. I, I, there's times I absolutely don't want to go and everything else, but it's, it's no longer about being motivated or anything. This is just what I have to do. And I know it. Um, I, I refuse to allow myself to go backwards. It's, I, I've been at the depths. I've been at the bottom and I ain't ever going back. I, so, so I think, it's a, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. How bad do you want it? But I think it's, um, it's funny you point out there like a lot of people when they think of discipline you know they think okay like what you just said you have to go to the gym because you can't just get up and like walk because then like you won't do it right like you got to physically go there you know that's discipline but it's also knowing yourself right yeah you know and that's a big part of this journey it's like I know myself that I can't sit down with a bag of potato chips and have one serving you know, they'll be all gone. So my discipline is not getting those potato chips in the first place. And some people see that as extreme because I'm like eliminating something, but you just have to know yourself and know what your limits are. And then, you know, use that as your discipline, set those limits. Just like it's the same thing with working out. It's like, I know that my struggle is getting up and getting to the gym. So if I force myself to do that, once I get there, the rest is taken care of because I enjoy the lifting and stuff. So knowing yourself is a large part of the battle. Yeah. Once we get, we're getting right back to the same thing, knowing yourself, being honest with who you are. It, it's just like people say to me, cause, um, and, and I know I hate to go back to it, but I think a lot of people can relate in our society going back to the alcohol part of things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was never an alcoholic, but I was addicted to alcohol. It was just like I was addicted to food. Um, I, addiction was an issue for me. It didn't, it wasn't necessarily whether it was A, B, or C. It was always going to be something. Like I traded my addiction for food with addiction for the gym. I, yep. it, I'm never going to get rid of, let, let's per se, my personality. And my personality is one to, to maybe be a little bit over the top, have a bit of an addictive personality. So what you have to do is you have to trade one addiction for another. Now, you talk about not having chips. I totally get it. For me, it was like, I, I, I gave up alcohol one day and that was it. Cold turkey, no meeting, no nothing. Didn't ever feel anything about it. But I also know they're like, don't you just want a beer? No, because I know it's not one beer. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be that, that 12 pack in front of me. So it's about eliminating things and understanding who you are. Um, you know, it's just like, I've got, I've got a donut issue. So, if I, and I know there's no sense in me going and buying one. If I'm going to go get donuts, I might as well get a dozen because I'm going to eat them all. 
<laughs> um, you, you know, yeah, just it's, it's about knowing yourself, just like you said, being honest with yourself, truly honest, and then playing by those parameters so that you can make the proper choices and proper changes. At the wedding I was at last night, so they had this big round uh, table with a big cake in the center of it. And then all around the cake was filled with all these like gourmet donuts. And I was like, I was like, this is a fat person's paradise. I, th I think I just died and went to, to my fat heaven. Oh my God. I donuts would just kill me. Just kill. <laughs> so one thing I'm interested in is you kind of just touched on it here, but so you dealt a lot with a, a addiction and, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you cut that, uh, your alcohol addiction off cold Turkey. But the mm -hmm. thing is we can't do that with food because we have to have food to survive. So that addiction is definitely hard to deal with because you keep going back to it. Um, and there's no way to go cold Turkey really. So how did you deal, I guess, with that food addiction and does, are you still dealing with that today? I'll deal with it the rest of my life because it, food was a safe place for me. Food made me feel, um, content. It, it was a stress reliever. Um, I was in a high stress industry, high stress job, um, where it was month in month out. You were, you were reevaluated for your talents. Um, there was always somebody because it did pay so well. There was always somebody that wanted your position. So it was either perform or be replaced kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Um, so Food for me was my comfort. It was my stress reliever. It's what brought me um, joy. It's what brought me, you know, it brought me almost a high, you know. Uh, so for me, I had to, I had to realize that. I had to replace that high with something else um, in order to treat food as a energy source. Um, because I had to, okay, there was two things for me with food. I knew I had to have it, um, and I knew that it brought me a certain level of satisfaction. So I had to find something else that was going to bring me satisfaction because the food I needed to use just as fuel. So um, that's what I did. I started, I changed my diet to a factor where it was a fuel-related, and then I found the gym for me became an outlet for the satisfaction, for the endorphins, for the, mm -hmm. the uh, uh, emotional release, for all those things, that's what it became for me. Um, but then as far as I don't believe that food is one thing that you can ever go cold turkey when I'm talking about eating healthy or different or whatever. Um, and if, if I decide, if I'm just craving something and it just won't go away, then I just – I will finally just do it. Um, I will go and I will buy, you know, now I don't do the fast food. I don't do that kind of stuff. Most of my cravings are like we talked about, maybe it's chips, maybe it's donuts or whatever. I'll go buy a bag of chips and I'll eat the whole damn bag. <laughs> now here's what I know. I know that there's a price to be paid with every bad decision that I make. Mm -hmm. So I sit there and I look at my macros and I look at the calories that I just consumed. I don't care about the fats and the sugars and all that as much. I go, okay, I just ate that entire 1200 calorie bag of chips. How much extra cardio am I going to have to do the next two days to make up for that? And I pay the price. 
I go in and I do the extra cardio to burn the calories for the food that I just ate. Now you can't do that on a regular basis and still burn it and consider it done. Yeah. But I, I give in to the food. I will have the candy bar. I will stop by the quick shop and I will pick up that Snickers bar and I will eat it and I will go, there's an extra half an hour on the treadmill. There's an extra 20 minutes on the Stairmaster. I, I get it. So I believe people need to give in once in a while to, to the, the want. They need to. Otherwise, they'll go mentally crazy. But be willing to pay the price. You don't get to eat it for free. You, you're eating it and now it's on top of what you normally do. So now you're going to, on top of that, have to do extra work to make up for it. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. So one of the last topics I wanted to talk about, um, that you did talk about a little already. So every, a lot of people um, are terrified of having extra skin if they lose weight, right? I literally read in some like Facebooks and stuff like weight loss groups. People are like, I'm, you know, this tall and I weigh this much and I'm, I, I don't want to lose weight because I might have extra skin. Like there's literally people who would rather stay overweight and be like a health risk than have the extra skin. So how, uh, how have you dealt with that? And um, does it affect you like, mentally at all um having it yeah um it does um it's it affects me enough i'm gonna get cut off i'm i'm getting it done uh december i'm gonna go in and and have have my skin surgery um first of all i've been for the amount of weight and the amount of inches i went from a 66 inch waist and my waist right now is probably 33 it's out. I'm down at least half. Uh, it might yeah, be a third. It might, it might be a 32. Um, but it's, it's about a 33, I, I think right now. So for the amount of inches I've lost weight alone, um, the amount of inches I have been extremely, extremely lucky, but I still have 15, 17 pounds of skin. That's going to need to get cut off from my midsection and, you know, around, around my hip area. Um, you know, and, and I'm doing that for me. Um, I believe, first of all, for people, if you're really worrying about um, losing the weight because you're going to have extra skin, then your value of life needs to be reevaluated. Yeah. And I'm, a lot of people, they, they hate to hear me talk because it's, I hit them in the face because you do. If you're bitching about extra skin compared to the extra quality years on your life with the people that you love and making memories and doing stuff, you would really rather die earlier and not have extra skin. That's listen to yourself. That's asinine. Just listen to that statement. <laughs> um, but with that being said, knowing that I have to, I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to do this. The skin surgery is a must. Yeah. Uh, there, there is no choice there. Uh, I'm petrified of surgeries. I'm petrified of doing this, but I want to do it for me because I don't, I don't have the self-confidence. It will, it, it will mess with your mind. Uh, I don't take off. I take, I take off my shirt for photos. I never take my shirt off in public. Um, never in the summer doing my ever out before I'm on a boat or I'm on a lake or anything like that. The shirt does not come off. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it takes a toll on your relationships, intimacy, things like that. You're, you're constantly thinking about the extra skin. Yeah. Um, what, what do people think of you? You know, you're constantly thinking about how do I hide this? How do I do that? It, it does take, if anything throughout this journey, um, probably one of the biggest mental tools is that extra skin because it makes you 
Before you used to hide because of your size. Now you're hiding because of the extra skin. The only reason why I take the pictures that I take and I do that is because of the transparency for other people. I want them to see what it is. I don't want them to, to there's so much fake out there. There's so much Photoshop. There's so much, I'll do it from this angle or I'll tuck things in or do whatever. I want them to see the reality of it and know what it really is. I think that's where you make the connection with people. But yeah, it, it has been the hardest mental hurdle for me. Diet, exercise, all those things, not as hard as the mental picture that I have and the way that it affects me is the, the extra skin. Yeah, it affects me as well because um, I really feel like sometimes, in some ways, I feel like my body is not a reflection of the work that I put in. And I mean, you probably know exactly what I'm saying. Like you're in the gym, like grinding, grinding. And like, honestly, you would, if we hadn't gone down the past we had, and we had a body without loose skin, like it would be, you know, a very good picture to look at. But then whenever you've been lifting and stuff and you can see, you know, you can see your lats and everything, but then you have this like uh spare tire around your waist and you're like that really shouldn't be there that is just the extra skin you know it gets very it gets very discouraging because it doesn't look like what it should and so mm -hmm. it's like i'm doing all this work and i'm grinding to to get myself to this spot to take it to the next level and it's like it's like holding me back and it gets very very frustrating um to me and so i mean that's something that i'm working on because like like we've said like obviously I care too much about what I look like if that's like, you know, a major issue. So I'm trying to look at myself and just be like, you know, I'm doing the work. Uh, every other part of my body and stuff is getting better because of this. So, you know, it's fine. I, I was able to lose this weight and I didn't have to worry about being 350 plus pounds and worried about the coronavirus going to kill me because I was overweight, you know, like, so this extra skin is worth it regardless of how much it, I feel like in my mind mentally, it holds me back. And it does. And I'll tell you this. And I, that's why I tell, and that people go, well, you don't need the surgery. You look, you're healthier. You're going against what you preach. No, I'm not going against what I preach because I think that first and foremost, you must take care of yourself. And for my mental well being long-term, I mm -hmm. got to get the, off. I need to see the results that of the work that I put in just like you deserve to see the results of the work that you put in um, I tell anybody you know it if there's you you do it for you you know figure out a way you know yeah it ain't cheap it, it ain't easy and but if you want it bad enough do it and do it for you and you will whatever years you have left whether it be five or 50, those will be better years because of it, because you are doing something mentally better for you. And that's the way I look at it. I'm not doing it to be narcissistic or I'm not doing it to, you know, be arrogant or anything like that. I want to see the fruits of my labor. I bust my ass just like you did day in, day out. And I want to see it and I deserve to see it. And there's so many people that say, well, that sounds you know, egotistical or whatever. No, we all deserve it. We, we live in a society that if you work hard, you should be rewarded for it. So why is it, it's not bad to say that. It's not bad to say that you want to see what you've done and that you deserve to see what you've done. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get this stuff cut off. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. I, you know, I don't know if I will or not. And honestly, like, cause when I look at myself, it's like, I'm kind of on the verge. Like I don't have a ton of extra skin, but enough so that it sticks out to me. So it's like, I, I don't know if I'll ever do it or not. I'll just kind of see where that takes me. But, um, so last question, question I ask everybody, if you have, um, is there one tip that you could give the listeners something simple that they could implement today that would help them on their journey? What would it be? Start today. Um, it's, it's as simple as that. Most people listening to this probably haven't fully gone in and made the commitment. Everybody, New Year's resolutions, I tell people, I hear it all the time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a New Year's resolution, I'm going to start a new year. Um, smokers, I'm going to smoke this last pack of cigarettes, right? Um, you know, uh, I'm going to start my diet on Monday. I'm going to have one more weekend, right? Yep. Right? You hear all of that. Stop. Stop. All of those things. Stop right now. Stop that this second. Start bettering yourself right now. You don't have anything to wait for. Okay. And if you screw up, do not allow one bad day to turn into two bad days, to turn into three bad days, to turn into a bad week. Okay. You can't change what's happened yesterday and you have no control over tomorrow yet. All you have is today. Stay in the moment, stay focused and just win today. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I was just looking up here because I've already heard people talk about, well, for my new year's resolution, I'm going to do this. There's 11 weeks left in 2020. You can make substantial changes. So like your physical health in 11 weeks, mm -hmm. you know, so like, why not start today? Why not take advantage of those 11 weeks? Why not? You know, if you have, well, I mean, just like me, I went to that wedding last night. I ate cake. I ate a donut. I did all these things. Well, today I was just drinking my pre-workout while we were talking. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to, you know, get after it. I'm going to lift. I'm going to get right back to my, you know, daily discipline and get after it. And so I think that's great advice, something that the people who are successful, that's what they do. They start stuff and then they, when they fall off the wagon, they get right back on because it's going to happen. You're going to fall off. It's, it's just going to happen. Amen. Completely agree. That's perfect. All right, man. Thanks. I really appreciate this. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Your journey is super inspiring. And I think this uh, episode is going to help some people out. Hey, thank you. And I love watching your journey too. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to spread the word and keep doing the good work on your end. You too, brother. All right, guys, that is the end of the show. Uh, big thanks to uh, Tony for hopping on with me. Um, make sure that you guys head over to the uh, Instagram Give that a follow. Give the uh, show a subscribe on your podcast app. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week.